This episode of the Wiffle League podcast was recorded on April 4th, 2015. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Welcome in to the Wiffle League Podcast. I'm Justin Filardo, joined by my co-host Jeff Hanchman. Hello. Audio producer Jason Hillenbrand. Howdy doody. And we also have a stand-in content producer today, Steve Andrews, who's going to join us a little bit later on. Our special guest today is Luke Pollard. Greetings, fellas. Hello. How you doing? Today on the show, we will review the 8th annual Wiffle Winter Banquet preview the Wiffley Draft 2015 and interview the aforementioned Luke Pollard. You can stay up to date with all the news and notes from around the league by following us on Twitter at the Wiffley. Well, we're going to backtrack all the way to the Wiffle series, and that was the last show that we did, a Wiffle series preview, and simply congratulate the Crosscutters on their title. Yes, congratulations. What was it? First for Paul, right? Obviously. It's great. Anybody else? That was only the first for Paul. Okay. Oh, well, no, Steve, Steve Schroeder, Steve. too. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. A clean sweep. And, yeah. uh Didn't even put up a fight. Yeah. The, the, the first place. Who, who's again? Like, they were playing whose team again? The Rubber Ducks. That's it. Rubber what Ducks. Goddamn were... Rubber Ducks. Steve Schroeder was the postseason MVP. They were good. Obviously, four and zero pitching during the playoffs. But <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Who is blowing their, blowing nose? their nose? The Steve, is that you? I don't think he can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be Steve standing back here in the hallway. All right, blowing his nose out with the air compressor. That's funny. Well, Steve, uh, Steve Schroeder was uh, the postseason MVP. Had a 4 0 record during the postseason, a big home run in game one of the Wiffle Series. Uh, again, as we mentioned, Paul's first Wiffle Series title. I believe he was a runner up five years. Yeah. And yeah. The that was seven his, that, that was he's been his in thing. the league. He always said that he was a bridesmaid, but never a bride. Yeah. And funny. the antithesis of Paul would be Mike, who won his seventh. seventh. Wiffle series mm-hmm. out of ten, which is pretty amazing. It's amazing because a man with negative war war <laughs> has got seven seven championships. That's great. That shows yeah. he's got a lot of heart. He does and determination. He has, the, the and he's intangible. also he's also in that that spot where he's always gonna he's just always gonna be like pretty much on a competitive team. Yeah, really. Josh he does that a lot. Josh also had a great uh, Wiffle series, a couple home runs. As he usually does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a very solid all-around player offensively, defensively. I think the benefit for them is that they were, they never had to go to their number two pitcher, which likely would have been Josh, even though during the regular season it was Mike. Yeah. That maybe would have been a little bit of a different story, but Steve very dominant on the mound. So Why don't we do a, why don't we do a best of five? Uh, I'm curious about that. It's Why don't just you know, too like, time consuming? I mean, it, I, we have to. We've done it before. The three game series is what we do throughout the regular season, and it's just yeah, has worked. But I don't know. Sure, it makes it more. <laughs> like, it yeah. makes it more sure. intense. I mean, it's but yeah, but then that, that also makes before. it so you for sure have to rely on that second pitcher. Sure, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, as a person who doesn't even like that rule, <laughs> you know, I just it'd be. Yeah, again, know. we've we've discussed it before, but. It'll it'll stay at three. All right. Well, we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't mention the Rubber Ducks, the best regular season in league history, eight and one record. Uh, long layoff before the Wiffle Series, they just weren't able to uh, get into that rhythm. That but they that had happened all year. two years ago again too. I remember. I remember the first place team. You know, nobody was overconfident, but it's almost like when when you it's like a curse kind of coming in first. I think in the regular season. Yeah. Because you know, and it's like, oh, you know, like we're in first, and then you get there, and it's like it's a, a blessing. And a curse. It's yeah, really, it's a blessing yeah. that you have that opportunity in the in the series. But it's so, like so far in the last few years, I think there's been one team that's gone 
first place and then won the series out of the four years. Yeah, we've since been we've been it. to, since we've not been at Chestnut. your parents, basically. Yeah, the number one seed. I don't believe has, has you know the, the number one seed. Oh, has. Number seed one. Yeah, that was, sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Timber Rattlers. <laughs> um, yeah. So it certainly has happened before. So, uh, moving on to the Wiffle Winter Banquet, uh, another great hosting job by Steve and Mike. Always very funny. Definitely. Um, why don't we uh, just go through? Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention about words. the series. I forgot to mention something about the series. Is that all right if I bring something up? Sure. Yeah. All right, uh, Luke, you can you can attest to this. During, uh, I think Sebastian was singing the uh, the national anthem, and. I thought he did a fine job. You know, he's, what is he, five? He was five years old or something, five or six, and he did a good job. He needed a little help from his mom and then, of course, the crowd. But <laughs> the funny part was afterwards, you know, I turned to Luke, and I was like, well, that was good. And Luke was like, yeah, he did a good job. And then behind us was Joe. <laughs> Joe Lazzarini. Joe Lazzarini. And then he goes, well, he's, he struggled in the beginning, but then he picked it up. So, yeah. It was very, <laughs> and then me and I Jeff mean, looked at each other and we were like, Dude, he's, he's five. five. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very funny. It was just very good. Well, it was hysterical. <laughs> so the uh, we'll go through the awards. Talk about that a little bit for the Wiffle Winter Banquet. The play of the year, a new award. What'd you guys think of that? Well received. Something we should do again. I thought it was awesome. Uh, it was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Poorly presented. Very poorly presented. I so I'd say there's really some organization that. things. That's but in all. terms of ha- having it, I think it's a great idea. Steve's, in, Steve's over there in the kitchen, Jason's kitchen. He's like mouthing, what the fuck? He's like, what the fuck, man? But it's true. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I just so didn't know. Enough. I just didn't know where it was going. It was supposed to be funny commentary. I, that's, it didn't seem like they knew that they had to comment on it. You actually, if I can give you little, actually told them. You're yeah. like, I want you to, I want you yeah. to comment. If I can give some inside perspective on this, that's exactly what I said. I was very nervous about the way that it was going to be presented, and I was like trying to get them to understand. All right, this is what needs to be said i actually wrote up a script jason and i the morning of the banquet are here typing up a script for them that was given to them not a word of it but why didn't you show that to them before and they could i did but and they could write it themselves so they'd be more familiar well the other thing was mike just told me we'll be fine i think it i mean i think we're really (laughs) i think it's really being overthought i thought it was that they were kind of winging it and it was yeah. fine it was just yeah, I, think, I don't i think it's it was funny i think the only thing that really needs to be added is just context that's it yeah you say all right this first play this is the deal and then you show it and then that's it and yeah, there's we'll nothing there's up. nothing more to, that that needs to be said after that but, but it was cool itself, it was fun good award something we yeah should, we should do. i think it was really yeah. awesome it was cool seeing it over and over the winner of that award jeff congratulations thanks and chris yeah Maybe I don't remember that play. play. I don't remember that play at all. Even, like I feel like even when that happened, I don't think that I it realized was funny. that he had flipped it behind his back. During the banquet, I was kind of by Kurt, and he was like, was that me? <laughs> he thought it was like JF at first. <laughs> a great play. Uh, the most improved player of the year, the little bit of a debate here that Jeff and I were having. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even leading up to uh, the awards. The I never felt so much like Kanye, but yes, I feel like I <laughs> thought that Dave Leap should have won. I, the I award. do. I in in many ways, yeah. Uh, obviously, I have the statistics available in front of me, but we're not going to waste that much time. But well, because the stats the stats would probably prove you wrong. Well, I just that's felt, why. I mean, I cut it so many different ways, and I said, no matter how you look at it, I really felt like mm-hmm. Dave should have won it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention. And I know this is more of a postseason award, but Brandon, or sorry, Dustin won MVP last year. So how does the MVP get most improved? Unless we just oh, really had someone who had a good three game series, as right? Right. So it's but at the same time, consistent regular season. I thought even last even last year he was on the first place team. You know, he had a lot of value. Yeah. All right. So but, the the next award, the defensive player of the year. Uh, again, a little more controversy with this one. Uh, Chris Lazzarini, very solid year defensively. Now, honestly, I went through every play, especially when I got it down to Laz and Josh and watched all of their defensive plays. And I think people were surprised that Laz won the award, but he had a very solid 
defensive season. You know, Josh yeah, surprisingly I made uh, several errors, errors that cost his team runs, uh, something that Laz did not do. So yeah. I think when you look at it, obviously it's a pretty subjective award, but I felt that Laz was very deserving of it. Otherwise, obviously I would have never. You know, I never, I mean, I don't really know how you gauge the defensive stuff besides going, because I guess going back and, and watching the videos, I guess that you guys actually have defensive stats. Is that true? We're gonna we're gonna implement because Josh was mentioning right? like, oh, we have defensive stats, and yeah. I'm wondering why it's not available to everybody then, if, I, and how is I it being recorded? Really, he's working because it's on not that. on that stat sheet. Yeah, I can't speak for him, but I believe he's working on that. Okay, yeah, and and that would be good to know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm 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 not and anywhere near well versed about the uh, about how to calculate any of that stuff. Yeah. So other than yeah. subjectivity. That's the only way I know. Right. So I don't know. But a lot of people were saying this. Who would you rather have on your team in terms of defense? Would you rather have Laz or Josh? And a lot of people, that was their well, point. Obviously, well, obviously you would say Josh, but but I mean but like. quality but, of work for those right, nine ex- games. Is exactly. And so I, I have no arguments with yeah. that, really. Well, we, had, we addressed this a little bit. The postseason most valuable player. Steve Schroeder, the winner. Josh, again, there was a little debate there. He obviously was very good offensively, but I put the onus on the the pitching for why they won the Wiffle Series. So it's whatever you value. Personally, I think in this league, if you have a pitcher go 4-0 in the postseason, as well as hit a very important home run in the first game of the Wiffle Series, uh, that's what tipped the scale for me. And, and Steve didn't think he deserved it, but uh, yeah, obviously I disagree. I think the MIP, the most impressive performance, was should go to Mike because he was so drunk. I think I think he was very hungover from the night before, and yet he pulled it off. He did pretty well in that series, and then they won. So, the pitcher of the year. I don't think there's much of a debate on this one. Laz finally uh, pulls one out. Had a great, great season. Russ mentioned to me at the end. He says, "Yeah, I haven't lost a regular season game since I believe 2012." The thing is, he's not logging the innings as as. Laz and Steve and some of these other guys. I mean, he's sort he's, of... He's not? I, I didn't he, know He that. has not, no. But I understand that he hasn't. Obviously, the other statistics, when you factor those in, Laz was the obvious choice this year, but I found it interesting that Russ had mentioned to me that he was maybe a little surprised that he Well, I mean, how did... I, I never even thought about that, but how was that award given... Then, like, if he, I, I wouldn't say wins and losses, but did you compare their whips and their? That was all factored in. Yeah, yeah. and last was the home option. runs given up and whatnot. I feel like that's a big one too. Yeah. So okay, I believe that Russ gave up two home runs. I don't know how many last last gave, gave up. Um, but moving along quickly here, the offensive player of the year. I don't think there was much debate, if any. Josh, an amazing sure. offensive, mm-hmm. year, probably the best that we've ever seen. The Sportsmanship Award to Mike Satry. <laughs> now, I will say, this is obviously voted on by the players, but I, Russ came up to me <laughs> and mentioned that one play, which was amazing, when I believe that, I forget exactly who it was that was running, or Mike was running to first base. Yeah. And then he supposedly made an attempt I... to go to second, but then returned to first, mm-hmm. and then Russ tagged him out. And then Brian was on the sideline screaming, I agree with this. I agree with this. <laughs> and then Mike, I believe, was motherfucking <laughs> Russ. And then Russ says to me after the banquet, he goes, I find it hard to believe that <laughs> somebody would win the sportsmanship award after that incident or whatever it was. Sure. So, well, but yeah. hey, it's a subjective I, award. I just like Brian's input. I agree with this. I agree with this. <laughs> And the Lifetime Achievement Award, great speech by Russ. I thought he did an oh, outstanding yeah. job, as was expected from an English teacher. But, uh, you know, he had a little bit of everything. It was funny and heartfelt, and he did a, Oh yeah, did yeah. very well. So, anything to add about uh, the banquet? Steve's just any sitting funny, in a chair any... laughing. Like, <laughs> like, that's a great position. I want to have that position next time. I just want to sit aside. We'll see. Kind of rock here. The next and, and segment. Laugh. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get in depth here about uh, the very exciting Wiffle League draft 2015. This is the Wiffle League podcast.
Welcome back to the Wiffle League Podcast. Joining us at the table now is stand-in content producer Steve Andrews. Welcome, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the Wiffle League Draft 2015. Let's get right into it with Russ Anderson's big board. Uh, he will be releasing another big board sometime this week leading up to the draft. Usually yeah. we have like three, right? Yeah, you only had time for two this year. He's a busy man. He's a family man. Well, I was just curious if there was only going to be one. So that's fine. Number one on Russ's big board 1.0 is Josh Wittenberg. Number two, Jeff Hanchman. Number three, Chris Lazzarini. Number four, Steve Schroeder. Number five, Russ Anderson. Number six, Brandon Eckert. Number seven, Justin Filardo. Number eight, Jason Hillenbrand. Number nine, Mike Satry. Number ten, Rich Nassif. Number eleven, Dave Leap. And bringing up the rear, number twelve. Chris Curtin. Jeff, taking a look at that list, anything you agree or disagree with? Uh, I completely agree. I think the comments are pretty fun, too. I wish we could spend more on those comments, actually, because the list isn't – the list is pretty obvious, I think. Well, the point that he makes about Josh is that, uh, you know, he's the offensive player of the year, he's a nightmare on the base paths, and he's the most dynamic outfielder. The thing about him is where's he going to be at pitching? Pitching, obviously, is a value – yeah, but I don't think that he. Where does that? Where does his defense bring him? De- uh, well, I mean, as far as compensation for his lack of pitching. Well, I mean, I think that he having him on defense is way better than him bringing up or uh, kind of adding any value in pitching. You don't need to have him as a pitcher, is what I'm kind of saying. And he could fill that role, mm-hmm. right, guys? Right, Luke? I think Russ sold himself short. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, yeah, 180. Let's talk about Russ now. I would agree with that. I think I, I agree with his list. Um, I think that I think he could be he bumped did up sell there. himself a little short. I think he probably is more number four, number three for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but everyone has different assets. You know, I think Russ is Russ is pretty much where he should be. Maybe, maybe I don't know. It just depends. But like. I think Steve Schroeder is where he should be at, top four for sure. How do you feel about Laz? I mean, based on one really good season, and he obviously did. He was a me uh, as a person, or just in general. Of the year, he was the <laughs> Luke, of the year. Luke's, was Luke's given the top four <laughs> offensive player of the year, so he had a, he had a really <laughs> solid year. But the last two seasons that he put together at Chestnut Park, not so strong. So, where does he is he too high on the list? I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Seems there's been a mistake. Seems like an unfair question to ask. Steve is going to tip his hand, but I, really I don't think that it's tipping his hand at all. I think that uh, wait, I'm what was the question again? To get his opinion about Chris. where if Chris should be that high, number three, or is he right where he should be? One thing that that Russ mentions on in his comments is <laughs> is says that, the camera, Big uh, Brother back there. The only thing that could prevent him from being a top three pick is his name. The point of that being that abrasive personality would someone actually be willing to you know maybe compromise their team that's why i'm curious what the two captains to the right of me are thinking thinking. yeah well why don't we just talk in general about team synergy with you guys is that something that you're going to be focusing on in the draft just you want to draft a team that's going to get along with each other or will you take the most talented player on the board no comment. Um, I think it, you know, obviously it comes down to who you want and who you need. So, I that that kind. Of, I mean, when you when you ask, is it going to come down to who, like who you want to play with versus who like is the best? I personally think. I personally think there's people you're going to want, and then there's people you're going to need. So, like, mm-hmm. obviously, there's guys I want to play with. But maybe they're not necessarily good for a successful team, right? Or so I think if you're just purely doing it on who you want, it could be, could be a bad idea. But I don't know. Yeah, and I think that it's difficult to tell because sometimes when you find yourself in a jam, say you're pushed to the end of a round, you're forced to take a player maybe you didn't want to, but you realize if I don't, we're going to be lacking for talent. You know, things change. It's case by case, and we don't know how the Lottery balls are going to roll out. So, you know, it's one of those things where it could go either way. There's a part of me that wants to actually 
actually. There's a part of me that wants to sort of take a look at this big board and kind of take a look at the personalities on here. I mean, you talked about abrasiveness before. I feel like this is sort of a league of sandpaper. If you think about it, everyone's really <laughs> piece of shit. But the, <laughs> do we see any trends as we go up or down the list in terms of personality? I think there's guys you can get along with easier. I think there's guys who you don't see unless it's game day. I think there's guys who are just incredible and can just show up and kill it. I mean, yeah. One thing that was touched on in the email chain was uh, where myself and Jason fall on this list yeah. and the assessments uh, basically saying that, you know, due to the fact that we have so much going on, on game day and trying to prepare the field and video and things like that. That's why we've been falling on the boards. Now the talents there and I will, you know, I feel that I'm a decent self-evaluator. I think that I can acknowledge that that is an issue for me. Maybe something that I can refocus on this year. Um, in case you guys were wondering. Um, so is that, <laughs> or do you think that that's a fair assessment as far as uh, Jason and I are concerned? And Steve, I'm mainly uh, looking at you here. Um, do you think that's something that's going to factor into your decision? Not necessarily with us, but as Luke was talking about, some of those other guys that you might only see on game day, there's different factors that are involved here. I didn't really ask you a question. <laughs> there sure are. many. What were you thinking? I, basically, my question is, do you think that's a fair assessment of me and Jason? I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know. You know what? Fuck it, Steve. I'm going to answer for you. You know, I think I think Satry's too low. I think Satry goes uh, right, right, <laughs> right under. No, I know, but and I don't care. Uh, Mike I should be right after Brandon, right, and bump you down, Justin, and and J- Jason should be above you, Justin. What What if I said that? To you, like, would would you be okay with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Would I be okay? And I thought would about I that. Disagree with you, absolutely. But obviously, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> no. Okay. So then, why 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 would you disagree? What like you've got do you, mail? Like, <laughs> he uses AOL still. Uh, Jason's got mail. Well, I mean, like, here's what I'm thinking. Mike could potentially pitch for you. He's a he's a fine fielder. He's got seven championships, and he can come through in the clutch and hit. He's also had like a top th- or bottom three batting average in the last three years at Chestnut Park. We've obviously found out that almost doesn't matter. If you replace me with Mike on those teams, I want to say we then, s- still win a championship. But maybe that's because I'm confident in my own ability. <laughs> I think it's really interesting what what you're bringing up about. Um, Mike in particular, it's sort of this non-statistical statistic of um, symbolic value on the field. And like, I don't know. I don't know how much that plays into mm-hmm. into a team. Is he the X factor? Is that, I mean, is that? Yeah. And this is probably a better debate. I think this is what I was trying to get at by bringing up the topic of me and Jason. You have the exact opposite in Mike where he is very focused. He's very team oriented. So it right. has led to... And obviously, he's got a formula for it. He's almost like a Michigan State, you know, where when it comes time to really bear down postseason, he's able to pull it off year after year. Are you saying by you by you saying that oh we're opposites? Are you saying and you mentioned that Mike is focused? Are you saying that you are not focused? You're not really selling w- yourself there. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. That I may my focus wavers quite a bit sometimes. That's why I think that what Russ shared, I think, is a fair assessment. What? Oh. Would you attribute the lack of focus to distraction with Wiffle-related responsibilities? Is that what you were getting at before? Yeah, other things. And, you know, really for me, maybe I need to kind of reconsider the way I go about my business because it is a social event. I'm happy to see everybody. You know, I'm really at times I'm just glad that everything came together and that we're there. So when it comes to my competitiveness, uh, which – certainly exists but not necessarily when i'm facing my friends you know if i'm facing for example i'll give you when we had uh like a charity basketball tournament at work i was 
probably the most competitive person on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm facing people that I have no previous relationship with, you know. Mm-hmm. So I find it sometimes difficult, and especially the pace of wiffle ball, to to bear down and have the intensity of a Steve Schroeder or Josh Wittenberg or whatever, you know. So, so you're something your, your competitive level isn't necessarily there because you're playing against your friends. Correct. But I think that that's something that pretty eye-opening. I can huh? reevaluate Campus, and right? and change the way <laughs> I go about my business. You know what they say: if you try to kiss all the babies, you can't get blown. What? Very true. Um, how do you, how do you feel about a Rich's evaluation? Uh, where is it uh, on the big board? He's number ten on the big board. He's okay. A, Jason uh, can pull that up. Thank you, accurate. Jason. Do you think? <clears throat> <laughs> Do you think that that's fair? I mean, for me, I think he's a more skilled player than Mike. Uh, Mike would probably disagree with that. I would but disagree with that. he's a former offensive player of the year. He's a very good defensive player. I mean, if you look at, like I talked about, I looked at every single defensive play, charted everything this yeah, year. I, so I can't say anything He's very solid. And, plays, really. you know, he was mainly a right fielder last year. So maybe the value isn't there, but he also plays a very good short field when he has an opportunity. Uh uh, with the, uh, so, what, so what's the question? Is the, should Rich be ranked 10? Is that Yeah, do you think that uh, – if it was up to me, I think that Rich would go first in this particular round. But I don't – it seems like everyone has kind of come to an agreement that Mike will go before Rich. First in the third round? Yes. I would have to probably agree. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I think Dave seems Leap, to be consensus. I think Dave Leap being 11 is debatable also. Um. I think that 9, 10, 11 there. That's going to be really fun to see how that plays out. So, um, well, again, there will be another big board coming out sometime uh, this week. As far as the draft rules, something that was really heating up, uh, we're going to have a decision on that hopefully by Monday. That was the the deadline date. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, so we've been working on some things. We'll talk a little bit about the council meeting. How did you guys feel about the recording of the council meeting? Did anyone have a listen at that? I I did, and I I'm glad I'm glad I got to hear. That's kind mm-hmm. of nice that we can like hear what's going on. What kind of confused me? What the final the final decision you guys voted on for the draft rules was not what the document was that was sent out. That's correct. Uh, that was actually a, mis- a complete misunderstanding on my part. So I'll admit uh, some fault on that. I just misinterpreted some? what was agreed upon. <laughs> yeah, complete. Did I say some? <laughs> well, uh, it, complete. Uh, the idea was that you know you would add the sum of the first two rounds, and then based on that, uh, you would assign third round picks. I thought that it would be then another lottery based on those those odds. So, really, I. I'm okay with either one. We're talking about maybe if there is a tie. So say a team has the first pick and the eighth pick mm-hmm. and the second pick and the seventh pick, then there would be uh, another lottery to break that particular tie. Does that make any sense? As opposed it, as opposed to automatically giving it to uh, the lower pick right. to the team with the second pick. It makes pick. sense. It's just, is that what we want? I, I mean, I guess I was I kind of like the way we were doing it last year. And mm-hmm. I kind of like the the way you guys morphed it at the meeting and like when you guys yeah. voted on that kind of was like okay yeah that's cool but i don't you know it's it's whatever we decide we're going to have to like i i need to know what the final decision is so that when i'm going in there with a the strategy yeah it's not up in the air with what you know yeah and that's why we want to get it out on monday so you have some time to to plan but <laughs> the, the odds will be in favor of a one eight two seven three six four five, but it's not automatic. The, the The idea behind that is to get the teams a little mixed up, so it's not we're not putting out the same teams year in and year out based on hmm. uh, you know, and the talent pool changes. Like this year, we have Brandon in for Brian. That changes things. You know, just one small factor. Mm-hmm. See, uh, for someone who doesn't organize a league or doesn't you know play any part in all that. I don't am not I don't really care if the teams are similar. Like that that doesn't bother me, but I think you know, the organizers of the league that they're they don't want that. So again, it's kind of like what do we want or what do you, I don't know. Cuz right. to me that's not a problem that teams are similar mm-hmm. in in past years. Yeah, that's one thing that I've sort of have uh it's like your pet peeve, man. Yeah, and that's you hate that. I do. And 
I just feel that I want other guys to to be able to have an experience of playing with a different person because I mean here's an example. Look at look at Steve Schroeder and Josh Wittenberg. What if they had maybe never had an opportunity to play with one another? They wouldn't be perhaps as close as they are right now. Like in that year of of being teammates, they found out that they had similar interests, things like that. I mean, there's guys that haven't played with each other in, you know, eight, nine years. Yeah. And I think that experience well, as a teammate is really – I've yeah. been on Steve's team one Once. year, but yeah. I loved it, you know. And I may not have that opportunity again based on the way that – Sure. That the rules come out, so. Yeah. I had, had one other uh, big board – Yeah. Uh, question here one more thing so down on the injury brian boyson there um if you noticed on the um league listserv someone took uh took issue with his um with russ's uh use of van which appeared to be um an honest um mistake mistake that was steve schroeder who pointed that that was steve Schroeder. so here's the thing i wanted to ask should that affect russ's ranking and especially (laughs) taking into account that he's an english teacher i'll let jeff answer this one (laughs) Uh, now. All right. Well, when we come back, we will put Luke Pollard on the hot seat. You're listening to the Wiffle League Podcast. Wiffle League Podcast is brought to you by Saw Palmetto. Why piss through a coffee straw when you could piss through a PVC pipe? Welcome back to the Wiffle League Podcast. It's time to put Luke Pollard on the hot seat. Luke, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, we're going to gangbang you here. We're coming what? from <laughs> all directions. We got Steve, Jeff, and myself. I'll get the ball rolling with, what is your favorite food? Ooh. <laughs> this is a tough one, obviously. Um, I don't know. I... Usually, typically, call myself a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Steve knows what I'm talking about. And um, other than that, I would say Mexican food, because you can't really go wrong with Mexican food. It's it's your choice of meat with cheese, lettuce, and tomato. Cilantro. In a lot of different ways, you can prepare that. Burrito, taco, taco salad. I'm going to stop right there. Mm, sounds great. I think uh, you could find a way to go horribly wrong with Mexican food. I, I'll I think it can go wrong. A glass of Mexican water. <laughs> I'll elaborate. I'll elaborate on that. Uh, what restaurant is your favorite Mexican restaurant? Now you may have a different restaurant that you enjoy, but specifically Mexican restaurant. Where would you go if you could go anywhere? Well, this is kind of obscure, but in Tucson, Arizona, there's this amazing place called Rosa's that I used to go to when I was attending university. And, and uh, yeah, that would probably be the best Mexican restaurant I've ever been to in my entire life. That's interesting. I forgot that you went to Arizona. Yes. Yeah. How many years did you go there? Uh, three. Three. And okay. So I, sophomore. So you graduated. Is that it? Or well, then I transferred to film school in Chicago, and I finished there. Okay. Okay. Because you started at SIU. Yeah, that was just like a, yeah, my freshman year, and then I. And did you not, did you just not like it? I. I I'm curious. This is um, the hot seat, man. You got to answer them. Yeah, I think it was more a career decision, and it was obviously the best thing I did for my career because yeah. I, you know I got a job right out of school mm-hmm. and things took off, and I, I I'm glad I made the move. Yeah. What was your motivation behind choosing the University of Arizona? I was always a Wildcat fan. My parents both went there. I had visited a bunch when I was a kid. Oh, nice. We can see Jason. Um, and I always wanted to go there and went there. So you had a pretty good relationship with your parents. They went, you know, they both went to Arizona and you, they were like, oh, you know, maybe. Yeah. yeah it wasn't like, your main motivation, but. Yeah. And I had visited Arizona a I whole see. bunch growing up. And um, my brothers and I always like cheered for the, um, the Wildcats mm-hmm. during March Madness and. Just kind of, that's the reason. Go Wildcats. Yeah. All right. Well, I can give you kudos for chasing your dreams. <laughs> Steve, do you have a question for Luke? Justin, I do. 
Um, one of them is, so I've recently started watching Mad Men again, and not only do you look like John Hamm, <laughs> but you also have a role in advertising. Do you fancy yourself a madman? <laughs> I mean, if I could pull up a cart of booze to my desk and sell some ad spots, I, w- I would fancy myself a madman. In all seriousness, though, would you say that your sort of th- that your role is really manipulating the psyche of people? Do you look into buying? I'm being serious into to, to tapping into their emotions in some way, even though you didn't make up the ad. Do you see a role, your role in that? Um, specifically, not not as in depth as that, but I, you know, I I'm into visual effects. It's kind of like what I what I do, and I am more than obsessed with trying to come up with a visual effect to sell a product so you know it could be some cool like i don't know camera trick or film effect but how can we how can we sell i don't know how can we sell coffee and still do that so it's like i'm kind of addicted to that problem solving aspect of um we want to achieve this effect here's the concept now how do we do it and how do we not spend a crazy amount of money on it maybe you've thought about this maybe you haven't but that's that's interesting you brought it up um, if the Wiffle League, right? Mm-hmm. If the Wiffle League was a product and we wanted to go public or something like that, how would you wrap this up and sell it to someone and say, come out to some games? Well, I think we're kind of doing that without really knowing it. Like, same with stuff Jason does too and JF. I think it's kind of in a way on its own has been sort of branding itself. So when we do these fun promo videos, you know, it's all for fun. It's, I don't, this isn't something I'm, you know, so okay, but so what would be the brand? It would what be, is the brand? It's the Wiffle League, you know, and and we've, you know, with, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I mean that's fine. Continue. continue. No, I mean I think I, the absurdity of it in a way is part of its brand. So so when I think of a brand, like if I thought of a company or something, maybe their brand is reliability, some adjective or or something where it's like I think about this group of people and then I assimilate it to, you know they're there for me you know I think like the state uni- farm you know get to another state you know change your whatever but so what what would be some adjectives some branding for the wiffle league i'm just curious it's like this niche sport it's yeah, like the uniqueness of the sport itself and also the camp that goes along with it with you know the layer on top of the competitive competitiveness amongst friends i think is makes it special sure i, I certainly I, think of characters yeah, just characters absolutely. in general. I think what I heard Luke saying before, too, is the fact that we have a brand is sort of the brand. Like, that it's... But I guess yeah, I'm just trying to... I, and it yeah. seems like it kind of just evolved on its own a little bit because before doing all this video stuff or whatever, which, you know, isn't, like, a priority in the league by any means, I think just Jason making a logo, me doing these promos, I think on its own it's sort of evolved into, like, this, this tangible brand like here's the wiffle league here's a video of it here's content here's this you know so i think it's kind of snowballed into its own brand yeah Yeah. the let me ask you a question as far as your career has the banquet promo videos have they had any impact on your career and where you are now yes um a lot of the stuff that we do for these videos is is me trying to um, achieve a certain concept, mostly a visual effect concept. And uh, I use, you know, when we do these videos, I, I will be like, all right, I want to do this effect. I want to try to pull this off. I have to do it all on my own. I'm, I have my own camera. I don't have a crew or anything. So then when I do that and I make the video, it then goes onto my, like, digital portfolio, which is called a reel. And then when I show employers what I'm doing – they see the, they see these wiffle ball so videos. Yeah, use those videos. Yeah, to they've show seen it in my like potential. in my like line of work, and then they're like, "So how did you make that? How can you tell us how that was made?" And then they go into, "What is the wiffle league?" And I have to start. It's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, yeah, well, that's um, great. And they're all everyone's always wanting to know more about what this wiffle league is, mm-hmm. and I think that's cool. Uh, what is your favorite color? <laughs> um, it started out yellow, and I think it's now blue. Why did you add green? What? Why did? It? <laughs> it's a great, great question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <A> what? <laughs> when you, 
joined the league in 2011, what were your thoughts initially? Had you heard of the Wiffle League before, or what were your expectations when you began playing with us? I was just in it for the fun. I mean, I was hanging out a lot with you that summer, and we were playing a lot of just just for fun, just like uh, BP and like getting a couple guys together and playing, and it was just fun. I liked being in playing with these guys and hanging out with you guys, and like you know, I'm a pretty competitive person, I would say, and I do you know as lousy as my <laughs> stats are, I'm I am. The will to win is there. Yeah, I'm I'm in it, and I and I do try hard. I mean, if I think anyone who's been on my team can vouch for me and say that. You know, you're the captain this year. You don't have to advertise for yourself anymore. I'm I'm not advertising, <laughs> but I'm I'm just saying. You know, I think anyone who's been on my team will tell you that I'm definitely like a, a team player, and that I'm there to try hard, and I'm not just some slacker on on the team. I, I would say. When you began playing, did you ever think? It would lead to a broken ankle. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. Absolutely not. That Jesus. was a, you two were there. It was a freak accident. We were playing in puddles, and yeah, that was a, that was a bad decision on our part. Um, I think it was just it sucked because I was all jacked to play in the league, and then that happened, and I was like, well, shit, now I'm probably not going to be in the league, and I kind of went forward and like <laughs> limped my way through that first league yeah. or that first season. But I give you a lot of credit for playing when you did because i think the injury was in march and you were ready to go by may yeah you hear that brian (laughs) (laughs) um justin could i jump in really quick with a follow-up question from that so luke would you i I guess you so here's the thing um you mentioned your lousy stats um and then your will to win i guess i'm wondering if there's like one thing that you feel you'd want people to know they might miss at face value just by looking at your stats would that be it that you have a will to win or is it something different I mean I think that's a big part of it I mean it does kind of come down to batting like I have a poor batting average and I'm working on that I'm always working on that but and you know this also goes back to changing the rules I don't think coming from the guy who we're changing the rules based on I don't think that the rules should change because I'm a weaker player I think I should have to get better and adapt to whatever those rules are. So when I hear, I like, couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And personally. so when I hear like, you know, the council talking and like, well, Luke only got blah, blah, blah. We should change this rule to whatever. I'm like, okay, if you're going to change the rule, then change the rule and I'll adapt. But if we keep changing the rule, like I don't think it should be changed because you don't want any affirmative action. <laughs> no. And that, that's a good, it's good. Yeah. You don't want any affirmative action. Mm-hmm. You'd say that. I don't want any affirmative action. Right. And, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the rules should be changed based on that. And, and yeah. if I wasn't the worst player, I think I would say the same thing. I would say that person needs to be better and yeah. get better. And I definitely have the will to like, I, I definitely want to get better. I'm competitive. Right. When but it comes down you to mentioned it. that, you know, I'm working on that and everything. So like, what are you doing to get better? You know, like what, and that was actually my next question. Yeah. What do you need to improve on? But I think if in I in st- your own I think if I started like um at least getting on base every at bat I think every you know words would change I think I think the perception of me would change but you know I'm not getting on base all the time so I guess this past You're saying on base through through walks and hits obviously I mean just focusing on having a good at bat I think that would that's I think that's the key right there I think that's key to wh- how we judge every player is contact yeah besides the pitchers I just I think that's how we judge everyone can they can they hit well all right um we're gonna like kind of change gears here okay can you um can you talk a little bit about your experience at uh, at SIU because Steve went to SIU and uh, and I I mean I thought it was a piece of shit on campus, but did you ever go outside of the campus and everything? Like, Large City Lodge, that was a good place. Yeah, this is quite the uh, tangent here. Um, I was there very short. I, I had I did two semesters there, and then I was done. So I don't can't really say I didn't. Well, who did you live with? You live with uh, Ben Eric, and you still keep up with him though, right? Yeah, and Ronell Penn was there too. Okay, okay. Um, so we were like close friends, and we kind of already had a group of friends out there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I had 
never really intended to stay there four years. And I was there so short that it, I think it's a little unfair for me to say if it was like a piece of shit or not. Okay. Um, yeah. I had good times, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Steve could probably answer that a lot better about how good or bad SIU is. <laughs> currently uh, suicidal. Is that <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what is your favorite the Wiffle League moment? Hmm. Uh, let me let me think for a second. I mean, is this are we talking like in terms of the best play, the the funniest thing we've seen out there, Just the anything banquet? all-encompassing here just if it involves the league in any way i know that's probably difficult to answer on the spot but just give us something good i mean i like the the year-round aspect of it all i like that we're all going at it year-round and talking about i mean i guess i do wish there was more actually game time i feel like we there's something that i think it's would be fair and in that Especially for to me trying to transparency. Like, trying to get better personally. It's like there's not enough playing time. Yeah, we were talking about that this week. Actually, Laz sent me a text sometime uh, maybe Thursday night. It was very random, but I agree with him. Is that He said that the nine-game regular season is too short. And potentially, we would need to add a few more series. Because uh, I do feel like maybe we don't play enough, and especially that team that doesn't make the playoffs. I mean the three of us experienced that last year it's kind of a bummer when you only play three times a year and there's so much build up to everything and then before you know it it's like that was it you know so i mean that's maybe something that we can look into maybe adding a regular season series or adding another postseason series i know there was a lot of uh backlash on that is having uh all teams make the playoffs but i think if it would result in more games it might be better the one thing we could do is maybe have the one seed have to uh be beaten three times instead of two in a postseason series but these are things we're going to address and we'll have a a decision obviously by opening day so luke uh you know what's your uh what's your greatest fear uh what is my great? I, I don't like sharks sharks scare me that's that's seriously how the many only shark thing encounters have you ever had <laughs> i've had uh one shark encounter no that's a lie um, Two? No sharks. Three. I don't oh. know. I don't know. I don't like snakes. You lived in Arizona. And Carbondale, where snakes annually cross um, one of the roads there. It was terrifying. Is that why you left? <laughs> is that why? You... Um, I don't know what my biggest fear is. That's a, that's a kind of a... This is, a, this is actually... One of them. <laughs> that, that's two of them. Okay. Seriously. I, Seriously. I, am, I mean, if we're talking wildlife, I'm afraid of sharks and I'm afraid right. of snakes. Well, we're talking about anything. This season Public we wanted speaking, to get a little deeper on the, the hot Fear seat. of rejection, <laughs> testicular cancer, I, I, like what? I don't think I... I mean, I would have to really sit and think about that one. Did you just name all of your own fears through questions? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you got me. Um, well, what... Do you have any... Okay. Do you have any personal hang-ups that you're working out on the field? Like... Um, I would like, yeah, of course, batting's the big thing. I want to, no, 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 I'm personal. If we make the assumption that everyone comes to wiffle ball in some way and is working out something in their life out on the field, um, I feel like you guys are getting at something that I'm not, I'm not answering. Not at all. Okay. Oh, we're bumping up against that Luke exterior. We all know is there. Okay. (laughs) That means we're getting there. All right. So. I guess what I'm saying is if we think about work, the work, your job, as an occupation that's working out some preoccupation you have, what are you working out on the field personally in your life? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Touch it. You're almost there. <laughs> I, I have literally have zero I have no idea. idea how to answer that question. Yeah, that's I'm a, trying yeah. to, like, if you were to ask me that, I don't think I would know how to answer that. Like, for me personally, like, I could... So for me, I, I enjoy going to wiffle ball play, obviously. Mm-hmm. But what I really like to do, it's kind of a personal hang-up, is I like to try and influence and lead and 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 maybe improve others' uh, performance or how they might 
approach the game or something because my one of my hangups is you know I was I was a teacher for like a year and that's it and it's something that I it's an outlet that I never really got to do for a long period of time I never got to be a teacher for like you know my career or anything like that so I look for opportunities like this where I'm like you know I can help this person or I could whatever whether it's helping like with a little league team or with some people some friends in wiffle ball or tutor on the side that's fair and what we talked about before i mean now that you've you've said that i think for me personally maybe galvanizing a group like i had talked about before that i'm more focused maybe on other things yeah i think maybe for me the way i would answer that question would be exactly that to bring everybody together cuz maybe i don't have that opportunity all the time so, sure. Yeah, that's something that I think I've, something I've you, always enjoyed. Did doing. you grow up without that though? You know, like, did, I mean, did you never have any family parties at your home? And no, did not you necessarily. Wish something, and, uh, maybe. And it's know. funny you say that. I mean, my cousins even talk about it. I mean, I don't see them very often, but when I do, typically it's organized by me. So that's okay. sort of one thing that I I enjoy doing is getting everyone together and yeah, you know, I think that's where I get a lot of satisfaction when we all come together, regardless sure. of it's. Uh, you know, regular season game or the banquet or the draft or yeah. whatever, you know, and I think that's what I enjoy the most. This is turning into a good round table, and I'm going to give you more time to think about this maybe, Luke, because we're going to come back to you. But, Steve, do you have any, like, kind of? I would say that I was thinking after I asked the question, it's good that we, I think, let you know a little bit more about what we were thinking. For me, I would say definitely there's, like, this crushing at times crushing inadequacy like I'm not quite good enough at what I do and I'll never be good enough at it so I think on the wiffle field there's this drive in me to to get good and be taken seriously to show kind of what you were talking about that if I put my mind to something I will get better at it and experience some sort of validation that I have improved so that would be my personal hang up I think out on the field validating yourself yeah and receiving validation like we see you getting better Ah, I see. So that's okay. I have Russ on the phone. Does anyone have a question for him? <laughs> Luke, you're in the hot seat. What do you have for Russ? What's he doing right now? What's that's Russ, it? You're gonna ask. Russ, what, are you, what are you doing right now? <laughs> Tell him to get over here. He's he's standing outside. Outside his home. Do we? Well, let's ask. Or on him a roof? What? Where is he? Oh my God! Don't jump. Let's ask. Jesus. Him, can we ask him a wiffle-related question, maybe about the draft? Do we have to? I want to ask him this. Which one of his kids he likes better? We got uh, at, the, this, at the table here, we got Luke, Steve Andrews, and Jeff. Maybe maybe you have a question for one of them? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I whispered that, but I don't. I didn't think I was clearing up. Yeah, we're in the middle of a podcast. All right, hey, uh, JF. Oh, wait Put him on speaker. How about that? It'll, it'll be better. Yeah, just call me back later. But, but do, do, you have, do you have a... Do you have a question for Luke? We're in the middle of uh, interviewing him. Interviewing him. Um, no, just tell him to fuck himself. All right. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I like how it bleeped. Like your phone knew that it's like <laughs> I can't really allow that. It's quite what, sinister. Why don't you go? Wait, which one so. of his kids he, does All he right. like better? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never know. Um, he didn't seem too excited about that. <laughs> Because this time you know very why? Precious. Because he has one. He has a favorite. I think yeah. I might have wanted him on my team until that moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember uh, when we were in the variety show together? I feel like this is the Chris oh, Farley yeah. show. That's a great... <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, a great yeah, question. Just I thought idea. about that the oh, other day. The four of us, right? Because, yeah. 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 Okay. We were all... We were all four of us were... In the, but we were doing the same skit, obviously. But we were doing the variety show. It, I yeah, believe we, you guys weren't we're on, using, and then uh, we were Dexter's right drum set. Yeah, yeah. I and then bet he loved that. Actually, it was that one. Drum set. Either it was <laughs> Dave's, or it was that one. Like, uh, he, I believe he was of Asian descent. His name might have been Chris. He had very spiky hair. Uh, I believe it was his kit. And then he was uh, like very nervous about because. When the Maybe music would be killed, I had to like bang on the drums a little bit. Right. And he yeah. was like very protective of that because obviously I had no experience as a drummer. So I think. Which I find funny because, I, you know, I've been around drummers who are like, oh, it's my drum set. Don't touch it. It's like, dude, you beat the shit out of it when you're playing yeah. it. 
I don't. And think... he allowed Dave to use it, so. So Luke, <laughs> Seems who beat the high. shit out of you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, boy, that was that was a fun time. Yeah, that, that was that was that was a good time. But well, that wasn't the same year though, was it? Because it you well, you were at, you were doing. Can you? You were doing Smashing Pumpkins cover. Was that the same year as? It was. It was the same year. So wow. Okay. You were, in you were multiple really variety. Ads. Yeah. It was a variety. <laughs> I don't we, know about that song, yeah. Can we talk about... Did I, you know that it was a song about suicide? Like, that's what I thought was interesting. It's like, Are you oh sure my about lord. That? Yeah. Can we oh, talk wow. about how we tried out the next year? Can you share oh. that story? This is pretty outstanding. Okay, well, I mean, I guess we're getting into it here. But, uh, so we did that, the cowbell sketch. And then the next year, we were, like, all pumped to do it again. Or not the same one, but do something different. And we were all like, kind of like overly confident about that we would get it. And we were just a shit show and we didn't get it. So long story short. It was great. Um, can we go back? I mean, I kind of want to know what your your favorite moment as a player is. I mean, I think that that's a question that I really enjoy because there's been times where, you know, you just get that, you do exactly what you wanted to do on the field. And it really, I mean, I can think back even like, eight, nine years ago with moments where I was like, that was awesome. I love when that happened. Do you Have you had that moment in your three and a half years in the league? I would say playing on Dave Leaf's team. Is there a specific moment, though? As a whole, I thought that was just a great time. I mean, I, I think just in general being successful that year or on a successful team, I mean, obviously we didn't win at all, but that was fun for me because I, I mean I mean I know it's not that specific, but in, mm-hmm. for me it's it was that whole experience. And Dave was a good captain. Meshed well with you know obviously Josh and Steve, and we would just play all the time for fun. And for me, that's kind of why I, I'm in the league. I like to play rather than have the political aspect of everything. I like to just play and go out there and play. And it's you know we can go back to the small sample size, and it's like when we have series there's only so much so many games we can play so i liked that team as a whole because we met up all the time like like a couple times a week and yeah it sounds fun it was just fun and i think everyone was at a place where we were able to meet up and it was convenient for the four of us so Mm -hmm. um that would be my favorite moment in my wiffle career is the 66ers just briefly sure thoughts on last year I know it was a tough year for us. Yeah, you know, I only really saw Jeff, I feel like. I feel like me and Jeff... Yeah, well, we live closer to each other. You know, I, mean, I mean, we both live in the city, and we would just go to Horner Park together and practice. really no knocking anything else. It's just w- what it was. It wasn't mm-hmm. like... I don't know. I, I kind of felt like the team wasn't there like as like a team, or like there wasn't like that... like. And it was kind of like when you see like one, a player show up on game day, and that's when you see them. It was like kind of one of those situations. Yeah, I don't think we were ever the four of us were able to to no. come together. And I, I mean, not to, you know, not to sit, not to naysay anybody or anything, but yeah. it, it was just a lack of seeing your teammates. I yeah. Guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I felt the same way. You know, it was hard to get everybody together. I would have liked to just hang out go to yeah. dinner get yeah. drunk or something right. like that you know yeah boy i mean that's something we did on the mud hens so luke try for the same team again this year have another crack at it or what disclose information there <laughs> uh, um no we'll see what happens i don't know i have i know who i want i know who i need and I, it's just a matter of getting the right picks all right I, I'm, I'm gonna put you in the hot seat because i feel like that's my duty one more question this is gonna be great so are you, last year, uh, you didn't seem very happy, right? You didn't seem very happy at the draft. Uh, are you over that? Are you gonna Are you gonna kind of take that to this draft? You know, like what's I, yeah, what's going I, on? I, I'm over it. I think. Um, Can we talk specifically? I mean, it's all out there. Everyone I gave. Knows I gave. Going on. I, I will give Steve shit today, but just for the fact of getting a rise out of him, I'm not actually like. Pissed so you thought you were right, going to be yeah. drafted by the crosscutters? Well, correct? Steve came up to me and he's. He's said this on record that he's he said to me if it comes down to you and Paul I'm 100% picking you, and it came down to me and Paul, and he picked Paul, and I I took that personally I was like that was kind of shady. Do you use that as motivation? 
I try. I try to. <laughs> uh, you had a great well, series against them. them yeah. I'll say yeah. that. That was your best series of the year by far. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one in this, the yeah. last season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is exciting. This is going to be a great draft. Well, I'm excited for you, Luke. I'm sure you're going to put together a good team, man. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we will have the coming attractions wrap things up here on the Wiff League Podcast. Welcome back to the Wiff League Podcast. That's definitely something I don't hear very often. Saturday, April 11th, 6 p.m., Emmett's Ale House? Or is, it is. I don't know, what 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 is oh. it? Is it Ale House? Or? Uh, it was Tavern and Brewing Company. I think it's Ale okay, House. So I know Jason, can we get a verification on that? That's right. It's uh, Emmett's Ale House. Jason is in a different room than us, and, <laughs> yeah. but he's been popping up on uh, TV Big Brother circuit. over here. Yeah. Um, mm. Obviously, we talked about the draft. Mm. It's a, a very exciting event. <laughs> oh, what are you guys most looking forward to? Jeff and I will be hosting. We're going to try something a little different this year. Uh, not quite like the banquet, but we're just going to have uh, you know questions for each draftee and the captains and try to get some insight and make it a, have a little more content. Do you think that's uh, a good idea? I guess we'll find Meh. out. <laughs> no, I, I think it'll be... <laughs> It'll be cool, but at the same time, I I do I do like the contrast of the banquet and the draft, and I always felt the draft is a little more low key, a little less. For, I like that. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's more informal. It's, but I'm not saying we shouldn't have fun with it. I just mm-hmm. don't want it to be some orchestrated thing. Like I agree, out of, out of control, orchestrated. You know? No, I, I no. agree totally. Justin, yeah, I something. quit. I don't want to. I don't want to host with you. <laughs> well, that's something that actually that Jeff and I had talked about is we didn't want to make it the banquet. We wanted to kind of make it. A little bit the opposite of that because it, again it is very like informal so we want to have a little fun with it we're not going to be you know berating people with questions but i think that i felt at least last year we really stripped it down and it was just me announcing the picks and i felt like it was a little bit lacking i mean i like that everyone gets in the same room together but when you realize that the draft really itself is only one hour we felt like we could maybe add a little we can make it, it longer yeah, no. Hey, we can make longer. this longer, no, man. No. It'll still be the same time. It'll just have a little something to, uh, you know, maybe give us a laugh or two as uh-huh. as we move forward. Yeah. I would say I think you asked about what we're most looking forward to. Um, I watched 15 minutes of last year's banquets um, via internet at my apartment in Ithaca, New York. It was completely silent, so Plus I couldn't draft. hear anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've never felt such utter disconnection from people I cared about is in that moment. I imagine it's quite what they describe like purgatory like or something like that. They have internet in purgatory? <laughs> they do now, but it's it's um uh it's, it's dial Comcast. up. It's dial up. Oh. The um so I'm just looking forward to being there. Being there, yeah. <laughs> Great album by the way. Um how do we feel about Emmett's? As a venue, did we think it's great? Uh, yeah, did you think it was better than Pops? Obviously, we can move around a little better, but it's a little more I, formal. So I personally like Pops. That. I thought Pops was really fun. I mean, it was I like a small little room. I felt like it encouraged drinking a little more because <laughs> that first year was an absolute mess. I thought. Yeah, it was fun. I, yeah. I personally like Emmett's because we have the downstairs. It's to ourselves. I feel like I'm at Emmett's without all the without shitty people around. Yeah, it's just our <laughs> friends, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we had that at Pops too. We had our own room, you know, and it was just so it was just so like, ugh. Yeah, and that's I think, why I was like, but there's yeah. also more space in Emmett's. No, Absolutely. I understand that was that. a major issue. And that's why we made the switch. But yeah, uh, you know, sure. it's also cleaner. It's nicer. Oh, I think well, people appreciate that. You guys have that. standards. You might think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It's also not to work Pops anymore. I noticed that last night when I drove by it. Yeah. It's like J 
Al's Pizza or but here's something the, like that. Here's the thing <laughs> that like we'll never have. Idea. One oh, of those really? one of the, yeah. one of the best pictures uh was when we all took like almost like a league photo picture with those two Miller yes, or like Bacardi I just chicks. Came across that recently. Yeah, and that's a that's a great picture. We're not going to ever get anything like that at Evans. <laughs> They're too yeah. classy for those those yeah. women. Yeah. Those uh those ladies of the night. That'll be my future cover photo by the way. <laughs> all right, well uh I'm really looking forward to it as I do every year. I think this week is always really fun. It kind of builds up that suspense, and then, uh, you know, when Saturday rolls around, we're trying to Saturday this year. I think it'll be good. Uh, again, the date Saturday, April 11th, 6 p.m. The draft will start about 7 p.m. It'll be live lottery. Jeff and I will be hosting. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. So, uh, looking forward to it. You guys, want to add anything before we sign off? Luke, thanks for joining us. Yep, you did a great job. Me. Yeah. Steve, appreciate you being here. Wish you could be here more, but you had to leave us, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and Jeff, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see you I'll, Saturday. I'll, I'll, see you. <laughs> I'll probably have to call you sometime this week and All right, good, hammer good, out but the I final won't. detail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. This is the Wiffle League Podcast.